Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. We all know that life can be very fragile at times. You also know that such circumstances tend to bring out the worst in us, and the God of the universe calls that sin. God calls each of us to perfection, yet at the same time, He loves His people when they're at their worst. You may ask, how can that be? The answer is relatively simple, yet very costly to God Himself. By the grace of God, the remedy for our sin and the love of God come together in the person of Jesus Christ. This is beautifully demonstrated in Daniel chapter 4. Here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Most of us know that at virtually at some point in everyone's life or various points in someone's life, they will hit a wall. We always will sometime run into a wall. We're like those crash dummies, you know, on those commercials for the cars. That's how I feel sometimes the way my life is going. That's because God wants us to know that we have far less control over our lives than we think. We have far less control even over our minds than we think. Six years ago next month, I'm on the beach in North Carolina. My wife and I are on our second honeymoon. We dropped our youngest off at college. We were grieving. No, we were celebrating. <laughs> second to last day of vacation, we rented a house down in the Outer Banks. Beautiful two weeks of just together, just her and I. Oh, it's glorious. Second to last day, I stand up. I do a 360 times four. <laughs> I go down on the sand. And I've had neurological damage to my brain ever since. Just like that. Just before it happened, I was reading a thick, thick, thick theological book because I'm a geek and that's what I do for fun. Still have it today, not as bad as I did. So if you see, if you're a guest here, you see people moving out of my way, it's because I have a severe motion disorder. It's not because they're bowing to the king. <laughs> I wish you would bow to the king, but no. <laughs> but even your mind can change that quick. Think about it. How often do people go to the best doctors and they hear, I'm sorry, we just don't know. Or I've heard, this will be cured, just not in your lifetime. Or how often do people hear doctors say, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. Life is fragile. Uh, people worry about money. So they stop being generous. Or maybe they were so worried about money that they, they never were really generous. People worry about job security. They worry about their kids. They worry about natural disasters. Because 
the reality deep down in all of our hearts that we have to admit is that you and I can only plan so much. We can only save so much. We can only control so much. Most people who have what we might call success are like Nebuchadnezzar. They give themselves all of the credit. But let me ask you, if you're a person of quote-unquote success, who gave you your brain, who gave you your skill set, who put you in the right place at the right time for all of those things to come together? The sovereign God who knows that quite often life is going to pull the plug. I was reading a couple months ago an interesting article on the top 1% of people in the United States of America. Most of them have a personal wealth of over about $10 million. And people come in and out of it like crazy. It, it is very, very, it's a fluid thing because people get, have a lot of money and then they lose it. Or they, they don't have that much money and then somehow they gain it. People come in and out of it. Life is very fragile. For many people, it's, it's success. It's their career. It's heartache. It's pain. It's, it's comparative goodness compared to others. It's family. It's kids. It's even religion or prideful religion that gets in the way of people looking to Jesus. And here, Nebuchadnezzar, the, the sovereignty of God, realizing that he is in control, the fragility of life that gets him to look up and to look away for himself. And that's what produces true humility in a person. Such humility realizes that we need God to stand strong. And notice what he says here in verse 36. He says, I was restored. So if you want to be restored to God, Christian, not Christian, follower of Jesus, not follower of Jesus, whatever you are, if you want to be restored today, it's going to take humility. Now, loved ones, please listen very carefully. And I want you to think of that annoying uncle at every family gathering. <laughs> I want you to think of that completely idiotic jerk that you work with. Or you might be married to. <laughs> if Nebuchadnezzar could be humbled and restored to God, the most powerful man in the world, a bloodthirsty man. No one is beyond the reach of God's love and mercy. Absolutely, positively, no one. Remember I said when we began his life, I said to me, he's the second, to me in the Bible, the second most incredible person I see being coming to God, the first being Paul the Apostle. Third was the Ninevites. Do you remember who fourth was? 
it was you. <laughs> it was me. Now, some of you are sitting out there or you're watching online and you're thinking, listen, I heard, I, pay, I was paying attention at the beginning, Pastor Jim. I heard that description of Nebuchadnezzar. I am not as bad as that dude. Fine. Don't forget, God is sovereign. Life is fragile. And something else that we haven't covered that the comparison that God makes is to the perfection of Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, not to Nebuchadnezzar. James 2.10 says this, for whoever shall keep the whole law, that means you obey everything God says, everything, everything. Anybody here ever tell a lie? You're out. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble or fail at one point, he is guilty of all. That means you don't make the grade to go to heaven. That, you know what that does to the good person theory? That trashes the good person theory. God says you have to be perfect. He said, how could anybody be perfect? Jesus was, he has to give you his perfection by you putting your faith and trust in him. Eternally speaking, the worst thing for us is to remain comfortable and stuck in our pride thinking that we are okay. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I realize the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is also the humiliating news of Jesus Christ. I realize that it requires you and it requires all of us to admit that we need a savior. Let's be honest, the fragility and pain of life brings certain realities home, doesn't it? Including a realistic self-assessment of our lives and our inability to control things. It's hard to admit that we need a savior, but given how fragile life is, don't delay. Why? Well, I find it's often, most often, the, the pain of life, the great uncertainty of life, committing a sin we thought we would never commit or being trapped by a sin we thought would never trap us. Those are the things that show us our need for Jesus. And so Nebuchadnezzar has realized that that God used the fragility of life, him just losing his mind to get him to come to him. That brings us to the third thing Nebuchadnezzar learned, and we'll go over time today because it's the most important thing. Some of you might want to reach on the side and put your seatbelts on because you find what I'm about to say almost impossible to believe. God loves you at your worst. God loves you at your worst. Verse 37, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol or exalt and honor, some versions say glorify, the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down or able to humble. You know, some people, it really amazes me. 
Some people are just able to hear the good news of Jesus. They're really decent, good people, man. It's like, and they're able to just put their trust in God. Like, this makes sense. Yes, I put my trust in Jesus, no problem. And they're off walking with the Lord. Not too many of us. <laughs> I mean, most of us are like Nebuchadnezzar. We just have to crash and burn. <laughs> That's definitely me. You know, a painful personal experience is a great teacher, isn't it? Now, I'm not talking about that's some sort of weird penance. I know that's the way some of you think, like, yeah, I'm doing my penance. That's, that, that's just weird. God's goal is that those things would be used by him to restore us to receive the grace of God. Notice the result. Nebuchadnezzar is no longer boasting in himself. He's come a long way since verse 30. Now he is boasting in the grace and mercy of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 17 says this, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. The English Standard Version says, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Now remember, our point here is, is that God loves you at your worst. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man in the world. He was a financial and political success, and he was a monster. He was a monster, a psycho killer. So was God merciful to him because he was a good person? Some of you are like, that's a trick question. That is not a trick question. That's a are you awake question. No. No way. So why did God reach down to Nebuchadnezzar? Stop right there. Think about it for a second. Why did God reach down to Nebuchadnezzar? Now let's get all the complicated answers out of your head because that's who he is. Do you need to know any more than that? That's who he is. And that's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross. I know this is offensive to so many people. This is the offense of the gospel. There is nothing we do that brings God's love and mercy to us. There is nothing. And that is the treasure of the gospel. That is something we have to guard so heavily, lest people think it's the way they live. God works in Nebuchadnezzar's life by grace alone. That's how all of us become children of God. That's how all of us become part of the family of God. Never forget that when you have your doubts. Never. Never. And never forget that when you share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. Remember, it's not about you. It's about God's power to take his grace and pour it out on them. Do we still call people to put their faith and trust in Jesus? We do. Now you say, maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, okay, I'm, I, I'm, I know I'm a child of God. Why me? Because God gives the kingdom of heaven to whomever he wants. Why? Because despite our sins, he still loves us. As we saw in James, and it may be hard to hear for some of you, 
no one is worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Even on our best days. But it's especially important to remember that on your worst days. Because I have found that sometimes it's my worst days is when I often experience the love and mercy of Jesus and forgiveness the most. Titus 3, 4, and 5 says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by or not because of works of righteousness which we have done, in other words, not because of our goodness, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. I know we often talk about our sin and our shame, and the big part we forget is it's been washed away. You see, God loves to love people. And he uses many different ways to get us to his love. He uses many different ways to get us to the cross of Christ. Now, under no circumstances whatsoever is that an encouragement that it's okay to sin and that there won't be any consequences for it. However, I would say it is an encouragement that some of our troubles are an invitation to experience the grace of God and the love of God. Sadly, you see it a lot in the area of the country in which we live in. You see it where you are, that a lot of people are working hard to earn the love of God. How could you work hard to earn the love of someone who couldn't love you any more than he already does? That's like the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. But through God's love and mercy, Nebuchadnezzar realized that knowing God, this guy had everything. Remember we said how rich he was? Like if you have dream interpreters, you're rich. If you have a staff of dream interpreters, you, you got more money than you need. But he realized that knowing God was the path to true meaning and purpose to life. You see, the most powerful man in the world realized that true success was not in conquering the world, but personally being conquered by the one who conquered death. Nebuchadnezzar was a ruthless king. He was an animal But when he finally looked up, that's when he found the God who loved him. Throughout the Bible and throughout history, we see that God loves sinners. God loves desperate people. God loves fragile people. God loves proud people who've been humbled by life or by God himself or by both. God's grace is much greater than our sin. And our sin can never destroy his love for his children who've put their trust in him. Now, some people go, well, okay, if he loves me and I'm his, should I I obey the word of the Lord? Of course, that's how you experience the love of God. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it is in obeying God and walking with God, that's how you experience his great love. 
I mean, just think of your relationships. Do you, do you, do you really experience the, the, the greatest joy of relationships by just having a wonderful time with one another or by constantly apologizing for your screw-ups? <laughs> Trying to earn God's love is silly and impossible. Rather, we are, we often say around here, motivated by grace, which means that the works we do for God are because he loves us. We, re, we are responding to his love. And I hate to say this, but a lot of people who say that they're Christians don't really seem to get this. They don't really believe that they are forgiven, while most unbelieving people don't believe that they need to be forgiven. So my dear Christian friends, this is your doggy bag to take home. You are forgiven and you are loved. To my non, my dear non-Christian friends that may be with us or watching us online, you do need to be forgiven of your sins against God. But once he forgives you, stop being a spiritual pickpocket. Stop when Jesus turns to somebody else to minister to them, taking your sins that you gave to him and picking them right out and taking them back. Believe what God says, that he has forgiven you, he has washed them away. Oh, there may be some earthly consequences you have to deal with, but, but with you and God, they are gone. Jesus took them on the cross, and there is the good news, the great news, God's love greater than your sin and no sin too great for his love or the blood of Jesus. Understanding this, not in your head, but inside, will send your life in a new direction, both now and forever. I don't care how hard your heart has been towards God or how indifferent your heart has been towards God today, the Lord wants to change that. If you have a hard heart towards God, God wants to be the, he got, he, he's the great heart surgeon. He wants to take out that hard heart and put in a soft heart towards him. You see, some of us are prone to give up on people. Let's presume that Daniel's been praying for Nebuchadnezzar. By this time, it's been about 40 years. It's been about 40 years. 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 6 says, For this is a good and acceptable or pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires, so God desires all men or everyone to be saved, to receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, to give up control of our lives to God, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And there are so many, that word is all over the Bible. That's like, you're like what, is, what is the truth? Well, there's just so many. I was thinking about one this morning on the drive-in, you know, the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he gives us a truth in verse five, for there is one God and one mediator, one person, what does a mediator do? Makes peace between two parties, between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's why we say Jesus is the only way who gave himself a ransom paid for all to be testified in due time. So how do you get there? If you're not a follower of Jesus, how do you get there? Or how do you return if you feel like you've been far away? Take your eyes off of yourself. Take your eyes off the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
come to the foot of the cross and see the humble king on the cross. See his outstretched arms inviting you to the kingdom of heaven and then go for a walk. Walk over to the tomb. The rock's moved. You can get in. Remember, it was moved so we could get in, not just so Jesus could get out. And look into the empty tomb and know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And then look up to heaven and see the exalted king sitting on the throne. Like Nebuchadnezzar, you will have your reasoning restored to you. Your soul will be restored. You'll be united to God. Simply turn to God and put your trust in Jesus Christ and be made spiritually alive. As Jesus said, come as a child into the loving arms of the king. Inherit the kingdom of God who gladly gives it to his humble children who know his love and his grace and know that his grace is greater than their sin. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.